0: Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hey, welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure also, subscribe to Snazzy Stories on many podcast apps and iTunes, or go to snazzystories.com. Today's story focuses on World War I and the new weaponry that was created during the Industrial Revolution, and how those weapons changed the battle tactics during World War I, and specifically focuses on the Battle of the Somme. Now, Between 1870 and 1914 came the period of the Second Industrial Revolution, and along with the revolution came the Great Period of Peace. Ironically, during this time, many people were contemplating how the next war would be fought due to the new technology that had surfaced. The Second Industrial Revolution brought many new weapons, including the machine gun. That invention would create a battle between which weapon was more effective, the machine gun or the artillery pieces. Also with the new weaponry came a new style of fighting, entrenching troops into the ground. All armies had to resort to the trenches. World War I was a bloody stalemate because of the new weaponry produced. The machine gun was ultimately more effective than the artillery pieces. And eventually, commanders had to discover a plan to relieve their men from the poisonous trenches where their troops were forced to live and die. One of the most dramatic inventions that contributed to the changes in warfare was nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin made weapons 100% more deadly because it was able to produce smokeless weapons. Smokeless guns provided a solution to the problem of the black powder rifles. Such new weapons were more effective than black powder rifles because the black powder rifle created too much smoke, causing one not to be able to see their opponents and, in turn, produce chaos. The smoke would also give away the artillery's position. Weapons that used nitroglycerin used smaller cartridges with bullets that hit harder with double the velocity of each round. Not only had the rate of fire and accuracy improved, but the amount of firepower had increased. The killing zone was now 2,000 to 3,000 yards when, during the Civil War, a soldier could kill accurately up to 1,000 yards. The firepower for each army increased, and for each soldier as well. Every soldier in World War I had 10 to 20 times the firepower a soldier would have had in the Civil War. The firepower and precision of the machine gun, made possible by the steel produced in the Industrial Revolution, and the artillery pieces that the World War I armies possessed, were extremely strong. Ultimately, however, the machine gun would prove itself worthy to rise above the artillery. The machine gun was more effective in killing the soldiers climbing up over the trenches, Although artillery pieces were effective in killing soldiers inside the trenches, the constant shelling created a narrow survival ratio. Therefore, the result of World War I was complete slaughter. Luckily, relief groups were available for the frontline soldiers. The frontline relief began at night, and the men would walk through the trenches in the dark, but because they were in a group and the enemy had a perfect target, only Half the group that was sent to relieve whatever reached the front line. The trenches were extremely bloody and provided little to no protection against artillery fire. The leaders of each army needed to come up with a plan to give more protection to their men. They tried to protect their troops from unstoppable firepower by building dugouts inside the trenches. Artillery did little damage to the men who were encased inside the ground. Bomb-proof bunkers were the perfect solution to keeping troops relatively protected in the situation of World War I. During the First World War, the Army's ability to create shelters underneath the ground protected the lives of the troops. The only thing the attacking side could do to deliver much damage would be to run across no man's land and try to get close enough to the other front line to throw hand grenades into the trenches dugouts. It soon became a question of which Army was faster. Most of the time, offensive attackers were not able to pass their own front line because of the accuracy of the rapid fire of the machine gun. Such weapons were able to mow down approaching enemies. Machine guns were more effective than the artillery in World War I because of its ability to create rapid fire. Almost always the machine gun would come out on top. Although artillery was very effective against the trenches alone, it was no match for defensive dugouts. These were the bunkers that were dug farther into the ground. The battle that had proved that artillery was not as effective as it had been in past wars took place on July 1st of 1916 and lasted four months, called the Battle of the Somme. Allied guns were lined up and two million shells were fired on the Germans. The British and French troops lined up shoulder to shoulder, 15 miles wide, and walked toward the German lines. The battle between the machine gun and the artillery began. The soldiers walking through no man's land was a perfect target for German machine gunners. Thus, there were over 50,000 British casualties the first day of battle. In theory, the artillery attack should have collapsed the trenches, but the artillery was not able to deliver enough explosives for that to become a reality. Now, this battle lasted four months in 1916, from July 1st to November 1st in France. And it was one of the largest battles during World War I and became the bloodiest battle in military history. On the first day of the Battle of the Somme, as said, over 50,000 British casualties were claimed. And by the end of the battle, the Allies lost more than 1.5 million men. On August 31st, 1916, Harry Butters lost his life becoming the first American lost to World War I. He was a U.S. citizen serving with the British forces. The British people became more critical of the war after this offensive, as anyone can imagine. The French were also involved in this offensive and suffered much fewer casualties than that of the British and advanced farther. They only had 2,000 casualties that first day. However, the French were only attacking with five divisions, as opposed to the British who took on the bulk of the attack with 14 British divisions driving the campaign. For many British soldiers, this was the first time they had ever seen battle. The British artillery could not destroy the German trenches, nor their gunners, and unfortunately, when the British artillery shifted away from the German trenches, it left the British infantry wide open for massacre. After opening day of this battle, a stalemate ensued, both living and dying in their bloody trenches. An Australian soldier, Edward Lynch, wrote, quote, The conditions are almost unbelievable. We live in the world of the Somme mud. We sleep in it, work in it, fight in it, wade in it, and many of us die in it. We see it, feel it, eat it, and curse it, and we can't escape it, not even by dying, Unquote. The Germans continued digging their defenses into the ground, and faster than the Allied forces could handle. The Battle of the Somme was a bloody lesson in the new kind of warfare waged with the new weaponry at the world's disposal. However, the German defenses were weakened by February, and they vacated their position. By the end of the campaign in November, the British forces had lost 420,000 men, 200,000 French, and the German forces were around 465,000 casualties. This battle became... As a war poet, Sigurd Sassoon described a, quote, sunlit picture of hell, unquote. Other allied forces involved in the Battle of the Somme were Australia, India, South Africa, New Zealand, Newfoundland, and Canada. And about 20,000 were killed within the first hour of the battle, with 37,000 being wounded. 37 sets of British brothers were also killed on that first day of battle. During World War I, the British people were encouraged to volunteer and serve alongside friends, neighbors, or co workers in hopes of getting more recruits. With this idea, a program was put in place called PALS Battalions. This included groups from London stockbrokers to professional soccer players. However, the devastating losses from these battalions in this battle decimated the populations of entire communities. Within 30 minutes of July 1, 1916, the first day of battle, 584 of the 720 members of the Accrington Pals were killed or wounded, and of the 600 men in Grimsby Chums, 500 became casualties that first day. Because of the gross amounts of casualties, the Pals battalions were disbanded and separated out into other battalions. It is estimated that a man was killed every 4.4 seconds. Thus the Battle of the Somme was truly the bloodiest day in history in the British Army. In the midst of this battle, one officer encouraged his soldiers to keep moving forward to the enemy trenches by kicking a soccer ball. Quote, Captain Wilfred Neville sought to encourage the four platoons of his 8th East Surrey Battalion to continue moving forward by presenting each with a soccer ball and promising a prize to whichever was first to kick it into the German trenches. One platoon painted the Great European Cup and East Surreys versus Bavarians on its soccer ball. When the whistle blew at zero hour, the cheering East Surys kicked their balls as they moved forward. But they couldn't escape the carnage. Seven officers were killed, and the 21-year-old Neville was shot through the head in the first minutes of the battle. Two of the soccer balls were recovered from the battlefield near his body." World War I was a brutal war that caused extreme physical and psychological trauma. The trenches became a bloody hell for all soldiers. The new technology of nitroglycerin produced more deadly weapons, and the precision machine gun dominated the battlefield. The only way the leaders of the armies felt they could deal with the bloodiness of the trenches was to dig deeper into the earth. Their solutions seemed to be an effective defense for their men against artillery firepower, but not necessarily rapid machine gun fire that pelted the soldiers as they climbed out of their temporary home, the trench. Even though there were few solutions to the problems of the fighting styles of World War I, the war dragged on. The new weaponry created a stalemate with all armies that ultimately led to the breaking point of common soldiers, and that would eventually lead to the end of World War I. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story.